The Natural Man podcast is intended as general information for educational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice or a diagnosis of any kind or as a substitute for medical treatment. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to replace the advice of or treatment by any physician. Do not rely upon any information to replace consultations or advice received by qualified health professionals regarding your own specific situation. If you suspect that you have a medical problem, you are urged to seek competent medical help. The Natural Man podcast and its representatives and agents disclaim any liability for any negative or other medical or other outcomes that may occur as a result of acting on or not acting on any information contained in the podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the host and all guests are their own, and their appearance on this podcast and at the website of the Natural Man podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent and does not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Natural Man podcast. This is the Natural Man podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Mike C. Thanks for being here for another episode. Today, we are flying solo. No guests. You guys got to just listen to me, but hopefully that's not a bad thing. Um, We do have a specific topic today, and we haven't done a solo episode in ages, it feels like, but, um, you know, those episodes we have done um, on different nutraceuticals have been well-received, and so um, we just thought we'd uh, do another episode on another nutraceutical that's very popular today. We're going to be talking about coenzyme Q10, CoQ10. You've probably seen it on shelves in the vitamin aisle or at different health stores. And uh, it's a big one. It's popular. It's used quite a bit. There's a lot of research on it. We're going to dive into some of that. And you can maybe determine if CoQ10 is right for you. It's called coenzyme Q10. The shorter name is CoQ10. I first personally came across this supplement many years ago when I was experiencing some terrible side effects from a heart medication that I used to take. I may have shared that in a past episode. I can't remember if I did or not. But um, I went to a doctor who told me that the medication I was taking was depleting my natural reserves of CoQ10. There are certain cardiovascular medications that will cut off your reserves. And it's a natural substance that your body makes. And you don't want to block that process because you need CoQ10. Your cells need CoQ10. And at first, when this doctor told me my circumstance due to this cardiovascular medication I was on, I was not totally convinced. So she had me go on it and I took it consistently for a few weeks and I noticed a serious reduction in my symptoms. It was almost like I forgot about my symptoms. I would just get up in the morning, go about my day and, you know, I'd say to my wife, hey, I'm not feeling any of those symptoms. I just forgot because when you just feel well, you just do life. You don't really think about it. So CoQ10 was a lifesaver for me and a game changer. And we can also get it from foods. It's primarily found in meats, especially organ meats. Those contain the highest concentration um, of CoQ10. And so what it does, it acts as an antioxidant in the body. So it scavenges harmful free radicals, which can lead to disease when they accumulate and cause oxidative stress. And CoQ10 also has an important role in powering the cell's mitochondria. We've talked about mitochondria several times in different episodes. The mitochondria are the powerhouse organelles inside each and every one of our cells. They're like our battery. 
They're the ones that keep everything going. We need healthy mitochondria. If we don't have healthy mitochondria, we don't have health. And it does this by being an electron and proton carrier. So it brings energy into our cells and helps keep them going and working optimally. And research suggests that oral CoQ10 supplementation acts as a mitochondria energizer in the body. It operates inside the inner mitochondrial membrane where it plays a vital role in the generation of what's called adenosine triphosphate. This is also called ATP. And this works through the electron transport chain. This is the energy currency of the body. We need ATP. ATP is what keeps us going. And so if you want to have a better understanding of the importance of having a healthy mitochondria, you can check out our podcast we did previously with Robert Kogadal on the topic of optimizing one's mitochondria. Um, He's a Scottsdale acupuncturist that we've had on a few times. Very, very informative guy, very insightful. And uh, you can check out that past episode to get more details on that. There's a lot of emerging research, and I'm going to put all this in the show notes so you guys will see it. You can uh, go through it and review it yourselves. There's a lot of emerging research out there, and we've touched on this in the past, that's now suggesting that optimizing one's mitochondria is the key to preventing and even overcoming a variety of disease states. It's pretty fascinating stuff. And there are several factors that can cause one to become deficient in CoQ10. Remember, it is made in our bodies endogenously, but we can also get it from exogenous sources, such as diet. Some of the problems with CoQ10 deficiencies can be caused by recessive mutations in the genetics, mitochondrial diseases, and age-related oxidative stress. That's something we can all be guilty of if we're not careful and trying to live our lives more optimally. Um, Many neurodegenerative disorders can also take place, like diabetes, cancer, fibromyalgia, cardiovascular diseases have been associated with decreased levels of CoQ10. CoQ10 is huge. It's not something you want to be low in. You're not going to have a very good health outcome if that's the case. It appears to be an area of interest in the research of brain disorders. So it's been used to treat neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS, as well as other conditions like autism, MS, epilepsy, depression, bipolar disorder. All of these are related to mitochondrial impairment. And CoQ10 also has notable antioxidant properties where it protects cells from stress caused by reactive oxygen species. We had earlier just mentioned that there are a number of factors that lead to deficiency in the mitochondria. But it's also been established that there is an age-related decline in CoQ10 over time. So as we get older, we don't make as much in our bodies. And so that might be a place where we consider supplementation. And it seems to align with some of the ailments that affect those in middle-age groups and beyond. Things like cognitive-related illnesses, cardiovascular diseases. And so for this reason, it's definitely worth noting CoQ10 could be a big help in those situations. Deficiency in CoQ10 has shown compromised apoptosis in subjects. That's that programmed cell death, which is a crucial process to maintain healthy cellular metabolism in the body. Um, When cells start to get sick or don't work effectively, it's important that our immune system remembers to shut those off and kill those. We don't want those kind of cells replicating in our systems, and so CoQ10 is involved in that. 
One of the reasons researchers have linked CoQ10 deficiency to some of the brain-related ailments we covered earlier is because there have been observed specific biochemical reactions that are attributed to reduced levels of CoQ10. And mitochondrial dysfunction has been attributed to psychiatric conditions like schizophrenia. And so CoQ10 supplementations demonstrated some huge improvements in fatigue, cognitive impairments, and other effective difficulties associated with mitochondrial dysfunction. And so these results warrant further study with CoQ10 when it comes to psychiatric disease. So CoQ10 has not been established as a treatment for these disorders, these psychiatric disorders, but more research may conclude that implementing it could be of some benefit. So there's a lot of research that's still to be done. We haven't discovered everything about CoQ10 just yet. And if you can't tolerate CoQ10 supplementation, there are some people that don't do well ingesting it because it's commonly found in a yeast supplement. It's produced using yeast, and so some of us are not able to tolerate yeast. So if you can't handle yeast, if it upsets your gut, as it does with some people, it is also available in foods. And some of the foods that are higher in CoQ10 include mackerel, beef, it's in a lot of flesh meats, pistachios, avocados, and chicken. I actually heard a cardiologist lecture on this once many years ago, and he stated that chicken hearts are incredibly high in CoQ10. And I've seen those at the grocery store. Some stores carry, you know, like a little pack of chicken hearts that you can cook. Don't know what they taste like, but you want a good dose of natural CoQ10, that's, that's one place you can get it. And that makes a lot of sense because we do know that mammalian hearts have some of the highest concentrations of CoQ10 because the heart is an organ that's very dependent on CoQ10 and proper mitochondrial function to work properly. So... Uh, you know, we touched earlier on cardiovascular diseases and research has shown that CoQ10 supplementation will positively impact congestive heart failure. And this is because people who suffer from congestive heart failure typically have lower plasma levels of CoQ10. And that's something you can check quite easily. You can run labs to see what your blood CoQ10 levels are. And like I've said before, more research is needed, but some smaller studies have shown improvements in congestive heart failure patients after the administration of CoQ10. So just another area where it's beneficial. Other areas that were noted in the study from a cardiovascular perspective were ejection fraction. That's how efficiently blood is pumped out of the heart. Stroke volume, cardiac output, and cardiac index. So some pretty encouraging initial results from some of the research that's going on out there. And there's a lot of promising research on CoQ10 as an oral supplement. I've included several links. You can review these studies if you want more information. The National Library of Medicine has published over 16,000 articles on coenzyme Q10. So it's definitely gained the interest of the research community and for good reason. And it's best to do your own homework on which supplements are best absorbed as CoQ10's bioavailability is not equal in all brands of the supplements and comes in many different forms. And the fat that it comes with, the choice of the lipid carrier in CoQ10 supplements, seems to be a significant factor in optimal absorption. Several sources state that the soft gel formulations containing either ubiquinone, that's oxidized CoQ10, or ubiquinol, that's reduced CoQ10, had the best absorbability. 
Um, I've had positive experience with both of those. Ubiquinone is the old school CoQ10 that's been on the market forever. Ubiquinol is been around for a while, but it's a little bit newer. And they both seem to raise your plasma levels, your blood levels of the actual nutrient. And it's been used widely as a nutritional supplement for over 20 years now. So it's not something new. It has low toxicity and has not really caused any adverse reactions in humans. So that's a good thing for those who are sensitive. You know, there was that gastrointestinal upset that can occur in some people. It's made endogenously, as I said earlier, in humans. And evidence suggests that exogenous CoQ10 intake that's taking it in supplemental form, taking external sources of CoQ10 to try to get your levels up, does not influence the biosynthesis of endogenous CoQ10, so it appears. So if you're worried about your own body levels coming down because your body's getting it from outside sources, your body keeps making it. It doesn't say, oh, there's enough here, I'm going to stop now. Not quite how that works according to the research I've done. If you guys know different, reach out to me by all means. I always love hearing the whole side of the story if I've missed anything. And your body won't forget to make it on its own if you cease supplementation or you cut back on some of those more high-level CoQ10 foods. I've been taking it myself on and off for years. And this has always been a concern in the back of my head. Like, will my body stop making it? If I take this stuff for years and years and years and then I stop, will my body just forget how to make it? And research tells us this is not the case. So that's actually good news. That makes the supplement even safer to take, in my opinion. There are a couple of contraindications to consider before one tries CoQ10, of course. You should always work with your doctor to see if CoQ10 is right for you. It's not right for everyone, and some of those contraindications include the use of blood pressure meds. CoQ10 may enhance the effectiveness of these medications, and so there's risk of hypotension because it has this blood pressure lowering effect in itself. And so if you're taking meds to lower your blood pressure, that can become a problem. It can also decrease the effectiveness of blood thinning medications because such medications already have been closely monitored for maintenance of appropriate levels. So you got to be careful with that too. If you're on blood thinners, you got to work with your doctor. Don't just start taking it. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. You don't want to make things worse. Research on this stuff is still in its infancy stages, but use seems to impact such a wide range of ailments and illnesses. And so the lack of it in the body definitely seems to lead to poorer health outcomes. So it's something we should all be paying attention to if we're trying to live optimally. I believe we'll probably uncover a lot more of the benefits of CoQ10 as the years go on. And uh, it'll be exciting to see what other research comes out. And I also think it'll become more and more of a mainstream supplement in the same category as things like vitamin C or vitamin D. Vitamin D is all the rage now. And I, I think CoQ10 will one day be at that level as well. And you know what? That's going to do it for our talk on Coenzyme Q10. I hope this was helpful to you. Drop us a comment. You can always reach out to us at naturalmanpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Instagram at naturalmanpodcast. And you can visit our website, naturalmanpodcast.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us. Click the link. Give us five stars. Tell us what you think. And we always love your feedback. So we appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for being here. And uh, we'll definitely have more of these solo episodes 
to come in the future. Um, we're working with uh, Dr. Linda Wright. She's been a guest on this podcast in the past. She is a regular contributor to this podcast, and we appreciate all that she provides. She does tireless research. She knows so much about so many things all related to wellness. And so we're we're very fortunate to have her in our corner and to help us to discover new things and, and make things known to us that we might have overlooked. There's so much going on in the health space. It's It's an ever-evolving thing, and it's always exciting to see what new research is out there, what new discoveries are out there, and how we can better optimize our bodies and our wellness, improve our lifestyles, and live healthy. That's what it's all about, right, guys? We want to live healthy. We don't want to be sick. We don't always have a choice. Sometimes illness comes. We can't always control the circumstances in our lives, but we want to strive to live as optimally and as healthy as we can. And that includes things like overall lifestyle stuff, being active, proper diet, proper nutrition, making sure we're getting all the vitamins and minerals we need. There's so much to this picture. And, you know, it's work. It's work. It's not always easy. Um, It's hard to be pursuing wellness all the time, but it's very rewarding when you do it. And so that's why we encourage it. So that's going to do it for this episode. We really appreciate you guys listening and supporting this podcast. And we just hope that this content is helpful to you. And and many of you keep listening. The numbers are showing. So we're grateful for that. We really appreciate you guys. And I don't say that enough. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thanks for being a part of this community. Uh, we love you guys and hope you stay with us. And that's going to do it for this edition. I'm Mike C. Stay healthy. The Natural Man Podcast. Check us out. Naturalmanpodcast.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.